Welcome to Get Real with Richard Walter. Let's talk about diversity. Everybody's talking about diversity, but I, I'm not talking about uh, the political aspects of it, but in, instead uh, the artistic ones, the creative ones. I want to talk about uh, uh, art and um, uh, diversity. I have referred in the uh, 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 in the past to uh, Pablo Casals, Don Pablo Casals, he was the master cellist, the great, great, great uh, cello virtuoso of the last century. And um, uh, I've also mentioned, if you've listened at all to my podcast, you've probably heard me mention that I come from a artistic family. My sister was a, a movie star, uh, and indeed, um, uh, more than, more, more than, more even than a, than that, more than a legend, even a kind of a, um, she became as Lucille Bluth, she became a meme, a, uh, you know, kind of an icon, uh, um, don't you think? But uh, a lot of people, people seem to think, but our dad, our dad was a, uh, a very successful musician, a bass player who uh, performed pr- primarily in the classical repertoire, but um, also had a conversancy with, uh, with jazz and pop. In fact, I've just seen that Richard Davis at age 93, a very, very famous jazz bassist uh, has uh, died. Big obituary in the uh, New York Times. And uh, Richard was a student of my dad's. Uh, uh, he and uh, uh, other jazz bassists wanted to learn Arco. They wanted to learn how to how to play jazz using the bow, not just the pizzicato. Dunk, 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 dunk. That's kind of Fun stuff, but uh, what about using the the bow? In any event, Casals, I've referred to Casals in the past. It was my privilege to watch him teach, and uh, he helped me form my whole approach to teaching. And in, in, uh, having to do with praise, he would uh, student would play for him, and he would nod up and back. And you could see the uh, the student, uh, and you didn't just come off the street to study with Casals. You had to be really really good. So the the cellist was already really, really good, but she was also nervous playing for Casals. And when she finished, she would be nodding and nodding, and you could see she would be thinking and considering and ruminating and responding uh, to what he's just heard. And fine, and she's nervous as can be. Her shoulders are tense and tight. And finally he says, beautiful, almost weeping, beautiful. And uh, you can see the shoulders go down the artist uh the performer uh, uh <laughs> is reassured that she hasn't disgraced herself but it's really done rather really really rather well now when i saw this i i i um uh, the first time i thought it was spontaneous but then i i had i saw several lessons and <laughs> this is what he does every every time it's his technique uh, once he's won the safety of the artist, those shoulders go down. He go. He says as if it were an afterthought. <gasps> Perhaps even more beautiful. He, so clearly, this is what he really wanted to talk about. Uh, maybe even more beautiful if the intonation and the phrasing and the and he could really, really, uh, you know, address the the, the the issues that need to be addressed. Uh, but only after winning the safety of of the artist. Uh, there are a lot of people who, who try to teach art, especially screenwriting with School of Hard Knocks. You go about writing, uh, you know, Hollywood's tough. You got to toughen these students up. You, they, they can't be little snowflakes. No, I, I, I always believed in all of the people that I had 
admired with, uh, and, and worked with who uh, agreed with me, which is just about everybody over in Westwood during my years there, but thought, no, it's a place where artists get together and struggle to, uh, to be creative, take risks, to, you know, do what, what, what you have to do to be creative, which is reach and stretch and take risks. Nobody's going to say, you call that writing? What are you, <laughs> are you kidding with this? I mean, nobody's going to say that to you. If you never uh, do it, uh, or if you do it and you never show it to anybody. Um, but we're talking about diversity, and I wanted to talk about another aspect of Casals, because uh, uh, he was asked, I remember at one particular time in an interview, uh, what was his favorite thing about music? What did he like best about music? And he said, Variety. You can play it loud, you can play it soft. It can be a solo, uh, a violin, a partita. Or it can be, uh, you know, a 100-piece orchestra, that 200, 300-voice chorus, you know, doing Beethoven or Wagner or, or something loud and big. Um, it can be legato, very, uh, you know, lithesome and uh, graceful and, and slender, or it can can be staccato and chocolate and chop and tick it and very percussive and rhythmic and and so on. It can be a major key, uh, minor. Uh, it, uh, there, there's just so many aspects uh, to to to. Uh, there's such a wide variety of qualities and traits and characteristics in music and and. Um, that is uh, what the Casal said he liked best best about it, and I don't think uh, that, uh, you can't say the same thing about uh, what's really to be liked in uh, almost any kind of kind of expression, but especially especially um, uh, film. Uh, now, can a painting have that? Yes, I've I've said in the past. It seems to me that what what unites all art is that within a single object, uh, there are countervailing qualities. Uh, you know, my, my office at, on campus at UCLA was uh, at the edge of the sculpture garden, a few acres of uh, grassy knolls, beautiful, uh, shady place with really world-class and eclectic world-class of, of uh, sculpture work. And... Um, uh, Oh, there was a right outside the entrance to my building was a, a heavyweight Rodin um, walking man, uh, a, a crane. It was larger than scale, and it was a crane uh, that w- would have had to deliver it there because it looks like it weighs about 16 tons. And yet at the same time, it's sort of striding gracefully, uh, uh, weightlessly through the... Uh, through the garden, uh, it's stock still and, and in motion all at, all at the same time. You look at the impressionist paintings; they look almost abstract when you when, when you you put your face up close to them. But you step back; it all comes together. It looks realer than real. I think realer than real because you, we project into it what what we have loaded uh, regarding uh, the nature of reality all of, all of these years, and we fill in, so we become kind of a participant. Um, not merely observing, but uh, collaborating. Um, uh, when we look at at at, uh, at good art, 
And um, it just seems to me that uh, that's what you want in a movie. You want um, uh, not, not just one thing, but <laughs> countervailing things that are in, at odds with, with, with each other. The obvious one for movies, the first one I think is how, how unreal movies are. I mean, just, everybody knows it's, it's nothing less fake. Uh, more contrived, uh, manipulated, arranged than a movie. I mean, it's all people pretending to be who they're not, uh, cut up pieces of stuff that are supposed to flow timelessly somehow. Everything looks like the, uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing less fake, and yet it's supposed to look real. Uh, so there's that uh, that tension in it. Um Without that tension, it is not engaging. It is not interesting. It's not really, really, really uh, worthy of art. So that's that's the first thing to say about diversity in, in art, and that is to say you need it. You 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 need it as badly as you need it in life, and we'll talk more about that in another podcast. Uh, you need diversity in the nature of art and the substance, the material that is the art itself. Thanks for listening to Get Real with Richard Walter. Please subscribe on Substack and Medium. Share these episodes with friends on uh, social media and come on back and let's let's talk about diversity uh, some more. <laughs>